Welcome to Bible 2 Go. John chapters 4 and 5 is today's Bible reading. Read and listen to the Bible daily where we read through the complete New Testament in 90 days. Today's Bible reading from the message. Visit the audio Bible 2 Go archive for all previous Bible readings. Thank you for being with us today. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, help me understand your word. The words I'm reading today. Help me to love others. As you have and do. Love me. Amen. Let's begin today's Bible reading in John chapter 4. The Woman at the Well. Jesus realized that the Pharisees were keeping count of the baptisms that he and John performed, although his disciples, not Jesus, did the actual baptizing. They had posted the score that Jesus was ahead, turning him and John into rivals in the eyes of the people. So Jesus left the Judean countryside and went back to Galilee. 4-6 to get there, he had to pass through Samaria. He came into Sychar, a Samaritan village that bordered the field Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was still there. Jesus, worn out by the trip, sat down at the well. It was noon. 7-8 A woman, a Samaritan, came to draw water. Jesus said, Would you give me a drink of water? His disciples had gone to the village to buy food for lunch. 9 The Samaritan woman, taken aback, asked, How come you, a Jew, are asking me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? Jews in those days wouldn't be caught dead talking to Samaritans. 10 Jesus answered, If you knew the generosity of God and who I am, you would be asking me for a drink, and I would give you fresh, living water. 11 12 The woman said, Sir, you don't even have a bucket to draw with, and this well is deep. So how are you going to get this living water? Are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob, who dug this well and drank from it, he and his sons and livestock, and passed it down to us? 13-14 Jesus said, Everyone who drinks this water will get thirsty again and again. Anyone who drinks the water I give will never thirst, not ever. The water I give will be an artesian spring within, gushing fountains of endless life. 15 The woman said, Sir, give me this water so I won't ever get thirsty, won't ever have to come back to this well again. 16 He said, Go call your husband and then come back. 17-18 I have no husband, she said. That's nicely put, I have no husband. You've had five husbands, and the man you're living with now isn't even your husband. You spoke the truth there, sure enough. 19-20 Oh, so you're a prophet. Well, tell me this, our ancestors worshipped God at this mountain, but you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place for worship, right? 21-23 A Believe me, woman, the time is coming when you Samaritans will worship the Father neither here at this mountain nor there in Jerusalem. You worship guessing in the dark, we Jews worship in the clear light of day. God's way of salvation is made available through the Jews. But the time is coming, it has, in fact, come when what you're called will not matter and where you go to worship will not matter. 23b24 It's who you are and the way you live that count before God. Your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. That's the kind of people the Father is out looking for, those who are simply and honestly themselves before Him in their worship. God is sheer being itself, spirit. Those who worship Him must do it out of their very being, their spirits, their true selves, in adoration. 25 The woman said, I don't know about that. I do know that the Messiah is coming. When he arrives, we'll get the whole story. 26 I am he, said Jesus. You don't have to wait any longer or look any further. 27 Just then his disciples came back. They were shocked. They couldn't believe he was talking with that kind of a woman. No one said what they were all thinking, but their faces showed it. 28:30 The woman took the hint and left. In her confusion she left her water pot. Back in the village she told the people, 
come see a man who knew all about the things I did, who knows me inside and out. Do you think this could be the Messiah? And they went out to see for themselves. It's harvest time. 31 inches the meantime, the disciples pressed him, Rabbi, eat. Aren't you going to eat? 32 he told them, I have food to eat you know nothing about. 33 the disciples were puzzled. Who could have brought him food? 34-35 Jesus said, The food that keeps me going is that I do the will of the one who sent me, finishing the work he started. As you look around right now, wouldn't you say that in about four months it will be time to harvest? Well, I'm telling you to open your eyes and take a good look at what's right in front of you. These Samaritan fields are ripe. It's harvest time. 36-38 The harvester isn't waiting. He's taking his pay, gathering in this grain that's ripe for eternal life. Now the sower is arm in arm with the harvester, triumphant. That's the truth of the saying, this one sows, that one harvests. I sent you to harvest a field you never worked. Without lifting a finger, you have walked in on a field worked long and hard by others. 3942 Many of the Samaritans from that village committed themselves to him because of the woman's witness, he knew all about the things I did. He knows me inside and out. They asked him to stay on, so Jesus stayed two days. A lot more people entrusted their lives to him when they heard what he had to say. They said to the woman, we're no longer taking this on your say-so. We've heard it for ourselves and know it for sure. He's the Savior of the world. 43-45 After the two days he left for Galilee. Now, Jesus knew well from experience that a prophet is not respected in the place where he grew up. So when he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him, but only because they were impressed with what he had done in Jerusalem during the Passover feast, not that they really had a clue about who he was or what he was up to. 46-48 Now he was back in Cana of Galilee, the place where he made the water into wine. Meanwhile in Capernaum, there was a certain official from the king's court whose son was sick. When he heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went and asked that he come down and heal his son, who was on the brink of death. Jesus put him off, unless you people are dazzled by a miracle, you refuse to believe. 49 But the court official wouldn't be put off. Come down. It's life or death for my son. 50-51 Jesus simply replied, Go home. Your son lives. The man believed the bare word Jesus spoke and headed home. On his way back, his servants intercepted him and announced, Your son lives. 52-53 A he asked them what time he began to get better. They said, The fever broke yesterday afternoon at one o'clock. The father knew that that was the very moment Jesus had said, Your son lives. 53 B 54 that settled it. Not only he but his entire household believed. This was now the second sign Jesus gave after having come from Judea into Galilee. John 5. Even on the Sabbath. 1-6 Soon another feast came around and Jesus was back in Jerusalem. Near the Sheep Gate in Jerusalem there was a pool, in Hebrew called Bethesda, with five alcoves. Hundreds of sick people, blind, crippled, paralyzed, were in these alcoves. One man had been an invalid there for 38 years. When Jesus saw him stretched out by the pool and knew how long he had been there, he said, do you want to get well? 7 The sick man said, Sir, when the water is stirred, I don't have anybody to put me in the pool. By the time I get there, somebody else is already in. 8 9 A Jesus said, Get up, take your bedroll, start walking. The man was healed on the spot. He picked up his bedroll and walked off. 9 B 10 That day happened to be the Sabbath. The Jews stopped the healed man and said, It's the Sabbath. You can't carry your bedroll around. It's against the rules. 11 But he told them, The man who made me well told me too. He said, Take your bedroll and start walking. 12 13 They asked, Who gave you the order to take it up and start walking? 
but the healed man didn't know, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd. 14 A little later Jesus found him in the temple and said, You look wonderful. You're well. Don't return to a sinning life or something worse might happen. 15 16 The man went back and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. That is why the Jews were out to get Jesus, because he did this kind of thing on the Sabbath. 17 But Jesus defended himself. My father is working straight through, even on the Sabbath. So am I. 18 That really set them off. The Jews were now not only out to expose him, they were out to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was calling God his own father, putting himself on a level with God. What the father does, the son does. 1920A So Jesus explained himself at length. I'm telling you this straight. The son can't independently do a thing, only what he sees the father doing. What the father does, the son does. The father loves the son and includes him in everything he is doing. 20b23 But you haven't seen the half of it yet, for in the same way that the father raises the dead and creates life, so does the son. The son gives life to anyone he chooses. Neither he nor the father shuts anyone out. The father handed all authority to judge over to the son so that the son will be honored equally with the father. Anyone who dishonors the son, dishonors the father, for it was the father's decision to put the son in the place of honor. 24 It's urgent that you listen carefully to this, anyone here who believes what I am saying right now and aligns himself with the Father, who has in fact put me in charge, has at this very moment the real, lasting life and is no longer condemned to be an outsider. This person has taken a giant step from the world of the dead to the world of the living. 25-27 It's urgent that you get this right, the time has arrived, I mean right now. When dead men and women will hear the voice of the Son of God and, hearing, will come alive. Just as the Father has life in Himself, He has conferred on the Son life in Himself. And He has given Him the authority, simply because He is the Son of Man, to decide and carry out matters of judgment. 28-29 Don't act so surprised at all this. The time is coming when everyone dead and buried will hear His voice. Those who have lived the right way will walk out into a resurrection life, those who have lived the wrong way, into a resurrection judgment. 30-33 I can't do a solitary thing on my own, I listen, then I decide. You can trust my decision because I'm not out to get my own way but only to carry out orders. If I were simply speaking on my own account, it would be an empty, self-serving witness. But an independent witness confirms me, the most reliable witness of all. Furthermore, you all saw and heard John, and he gave expert and reliable testimony about me, didn't he? 34-38 But my purpose is not to get your vote, and not to appeal to mere human testimony. I'm speaking to you this way so that you will be saved. John was a torch, blazing and bright, and you were glad enough to dance for an hour or so in his bright light. But the witness that really confirms me far exceeds John's witness. It's the work the Father gave me to complete. These very tasks, as I go about completing them, confirm that the Father, in fact, sent me. The Father who sent me, confirmed me. And you missed it. You never heard his voice, you never saw his appearance. There is nothing left in your memory of his message because you do not take his messenger seriously. 39-40 You have your heads in your Bibles constantly because you think you'll find eternal life there. But you miss the forest for the trees. These scriptures are all about me. And here I am, standing right before you, and you aren't willing to receive from me the life you say you want. 41-44 I'm not interested in crowd approval. And do you know why? Because I know you and your crowds. I know that love, especially God's love, is not on your working agenda. I came with the authority of my Father, and you either dismiss me or avoid me. If another came, acting self-important, you would welcome him with open arms. How do you expect to get anywhere with God when you spend all your time jockeying for position with each other, 
ranking your rivals and ignoring God? 45-47 But don't think I'm going to accuse you before my father. Moses, in whom you put so much stock, is your accuser. If you believed, really believed, what Moses said, you would believe me. He wrote of me. If you won't take seriously what he wrote, how can I expect you to take seriously what I speak? Amen. Read through the New Testament in 90 days. Read a proverb every day. With Proverbs. To go. Thank you for being here. Listening and reading the Bible daily with Bible to go. Sincerely. Michael and Michelle. Shell. Join us. Again. Tomorrow. As we continue reading God's Word with Audio Bible 2 Go. Visit. Bible. Dot the number. 2. Then. G. O. Dot U.S. See you again tomorrow.